Dennis, Dennis Beard. Talking about sealed, is this not sealed up among my treasures, saith God, to be revealed in the last day? Now it is a strange work, bringing to pass this act is strange act. It is judgment to the land, righteousness to the plummet. But we think that's only upon the head of the wicked and not the righteous. In Ezekiel 21, God says he draws forth his sword out of his sheath against all flesh, both the righteous as well as the wicked, that all may know that I am God that doeth this. For all shall know me from the least to the greatest. When the Lord's judgments are in the earth, men will learn righteousness. Now every denomination of over 23,000 upon the face of the earth and just Christian denominations alone all proclaim that they have the truth. A very simple uh, gospel that you just ask Jesus to come into your heart and that's all there is to it. Not realizing that Jesus expects us to grow up into him in all things. To be a glorious church without spot or without blemish in the image of himself, Jesus Christ, from whom he did foreknow them he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, not something less, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And those that he predestined, them he also called. Them that he called, he also justified. Them that he justified, them he also glorified to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Not a lesser image, but full-grown, not little babes, not children, not young men, but fathers, full-grown and weaned from the milk and on strong meat, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, and to a perfect man. They are there because... We're not there. There's a chastening rod. God puts judgment to the line, righteousness to the plummet, to reveal the height, depth, length, and width of Christ, to urge us, to compel us, to come to the true Jesus. Come and let us return unto the Lord, the true God and eternal life. And Hosea 6 says, For he hath torn, he will heal us. He hath smitten, he will bind us up. We know what's happening with the winds right now and hurricanes. Uh, hurricane uh, status 4 hit New Orleans again, exactly to the date of Katrina, and did it again. Those poor souls will be without electricity for some say over a month. I just had uh, heard from our ministers in India, Andhra Pradesh. They have flash flooding there. Villages are being washed away. The same there, asking for prayer. And we bind in prayer. And then the fires in California, rep record temperatures, such as has never been, setting records. And then we're having plagues, pestilences, earthquakes in diverse places. Well, all these have been from the beginning of time, but it's accelerating. It's becoming more and more prevalent. Well, what's the meaning of it? Some say, well, the coming of the Lord's drawing nigh. Jesus could come any minute. The imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, the Lord, before he comes, it states very simply that all things must be restored, a restitution of all things. Acts 3, 20 and 21, the heavens must receive Jesus, in other words, staying in heaven, until the times of the restitution of all things, the restoration of all things, which is the faith that was once delivered to the saints. It is all truth. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show unto his servants 
things which must shortly come to pass. Sentence signified it by his angel and John. John the Baptist forerun Jesus' first coming, and John, the body of Christ, will forerun Jesus' second coming before the second advent, before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. There will be a time of trouble such as never was, such as was a nation, no, nor ever shall be again. Except those days shortened, there should no flesh be saved. We're seeing that now, and it will increase more and more. Know that they were wise that they consider their latter end. The latter end, the last days, that the Lord God such search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. These are they that testify of me. Now Jesus is not doing this to consume and destroy the world, but to get our attention. Come and let us return to the Lord. Somebody said, well, I thought we were already there. Hosea 6, 1. For he hath torn. He will heal us. He has smitten. He will bind us up. No, somebody said, well, no, the, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Yes, the faith. And this is not to destroy our faith. God has his way in the wind and in the whirlwind. God says, shall there be evil in the city? And I, the Lord God, have not done it. That evil is raw, trouble, tribulation. God sets over the nations the basis of sorts. He has his way, and he showed that to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, that ruled the whole known world at that time. And he said in his heart, is this not the great kingdom that I built? And as the words were coming out of Nebuchadnezzar's mouth, the Lord smote him. And there dew came upon him, claws of an eagle, and he ate grass as a beast until that he knew that God, the Lord God, reigns in the affairs of men, that he is the true God and in his sovereignty does his will. It was a hard lesson for Nebuchadnezzar to learn. But then he said, let all know that this God of Daniel, he is the God He has, he forewarns, tells his things that he's going to do before they happen, that you may know that he is God. It is the only word of God, the Bible, that has prophecy that God foretelling the events that he's going to do, his works, before they happen. Therefore, he said, you are my witnesses that I am God. For I foretold you these things before they happen, that you may know that I am God. Well, why all the pestilence, plagues, earthquakes in diverse places, things and the weather changing, the nations and kingdoms, they're literally in distress of nations. We're finding it more and more. And we wonder why, what is happening, calling good evil and evil good can't making natural sense of anything. God said these days would be so. But why? Why would God do it? Why didn't he just pre-tribulation rapture and come? Because it's not a pre-tribulation rapture. That's why. And we're going to see that these things, evil men and seducers, will wax worse and worse. And international trade will prosper. The ships of Tarshish were made rich by the abundance of her delicacies, all that thy soul lusted after. They will be made rich. All therein, this man of sin, this man of sin, uh, that Antichrist, that will forecast his advices and prosper. Arms shall stand on his part. We find that the desire of women will not be in him. We find that he divides the prey among the, the nations. And he, by peace, comes in and destroys many. And he has indignation, anger against the Holy Covenant. 
which that covenant to the people is Jesus. And he corrupts them by flatteries. And by flatteries, destroys many of them. Those of understanding that have the understanding of the times will, some will fall, die, purge, and to make them white. Somebody said, well, that's only in the Great Tribulation. There is no such thing as a pre-tribulation rapture. It's immediately after the tribulation of those days that the sign of the Son of Man appears in heaven with power and great glory and sends his angels to gather together his elect. The elect is the ecclesia of the church. And that's the reason he says in Matthew 24, Mark 13 and Luke 21, pray that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. For then shall be a time of great tribulation, such as never was, since it was a nation. No, nor ever shall be again. And except those days be shortened, there should no flesh be saved, but for the elect's sake, the elect according to God. That's the church. That's not the natural Jew. That's not natural Israel. That's the church of the living God. True, when the fullness of the Gentiles become in and the last Gentile is saved, that church, the ecclesia, being born again, then he will turn that nation of Israel in one day. For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. And all Israel will be, will be saved. Both spiritual and natural Israel will be saved. And that by their disobedience, because they did not seek the law in righteousness, but sought the law in their own flesh, had a zeal toward God, but not according to, not according to wisdom. They failed at that. Having done on righteousness, their own righteousness of the law, by which no flesh shall be saved. But it's the righteousness of God by faith. So what is happening now? We're seeing all this distress of nations. We're seeing that wars and rumors of wars, the Iran and proxy coming against Israel. We're seeing the Ezekiel 38 war, all things leading toward it. We see China, the kings of the East. We see Russia, kings of the North, and Iraq. We see things happening, and they're calling good evil and evil good, and we're trying to make sense of it. Well, let's see what the Word of God says, that this is a strange work, and this is a strange act, and it is of God. In Isaiah 28, he said that God will arise to do his work, his strange work, and bring to pass his act. His strange act, don't mock it unless your bands be made strong, the bands of your heart, just like he did Pharaoh. Well, this overflowing scourge, a scourge, has surprised the hypocrite. And this flood will overflow the hiding place. There'll be no place to hide. And judgment will be laid to the line. Righteousness to the plummet. All God's ways are judgment. And righteousness is his height and depth. The plummet, the plumb line, goes the height and depth of the believer and righteousness to the plummet. And that revelation is Christ. He is God. That's the height, the depth. He became a man of like passion, just like us, our kinsman redeemer. Then he was glorified, went back to God. That's the height, depth of Christ. That Christ, it behooved him to suffer and enter into his glory. And that re repentance and remission of sins to be preached in his name. Then, judgment to the line. Well, that is the horizontal, which is our love one toward another. The faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity of every one of us abounding one toward another. But judgment brings it in. 
the judgment of God. Because white men are on the mountaintop and everything is going well, very few seek God. But it's in the valley, the times and trials and temptations, that man seeks the Lord. And because that we have forsaken the true Christ and having hewn out his cisterns that can hold no water, we pulled out doctrines, the commandments of men for the doctrine of God, the commandments of God. And it's totally an error. So because we missed the mark, God will use his judgments, the rod and the staff, not to destroy us, but to correct us and to get our attention, to return unto him in the true Jesus, in the true Christ, in the true revelation of Jesus Christ, that he is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending, which was and is to come, the Almighty. He is God, not a, por- a second person of the Godhead. Neither is he a trinity. Neither is it a oneness that the man is not God, but is only a mediator. And this is what God is doing now. So we're going to see these judgments manifest and they will become more and more prevalent. It will be accelerating more than ever in these judgments. And evil men and seducers will continue to wax worse and worse. And even though God's judgments there are manifest, yet through the hardness of their heart, they will not return to God, well, but will blaspheme the name of God. That's the reason why the sealing is so important. Why is God doing this? If we take a look at Deuteronomy 32, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy the Christian, the ones of faith, the ones that's in the way, the truth, and the life. But God uses judgment as a chastening rod upon the believer and those that he loves, he chastens, that we will not be condemned with the world. If God didn't do this work, none of us would be saved. It's not just a one verse, Charlie. We are to come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ unto a perfect man, a glorious church without spot or blemish. And we're told that just any old way is salvation, that God is love and nobody's going to hell. The, the, the devil and all of his angels are the ones that hell was prepared for, not for the people not for the human race. Hell was prepared for the devil and his angels, but hell hath enlarged herself because so many will not take of the grace and truth of God. So therefore he rises to do a work, not to destroy all mankind, for it's not God's will that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. Then why is he angry? He's angry because the truth that comes to us And wisdom cries at the gate and none listens and goes on in forwardness, perverseness. So therefore, God has no choice not to let us perish, but to render judgment, a chastening rod. And doing so gets our attention. If we see in Deuteronomy 32, to take a look at the last day, what is happening now, the judgments of God right now. As we speak, all through the nations, there's so much uncertainty. And we have so much knowledge now through the Internet. Anything that needs to be known, you just Google it. And then the world has gotten much smaller. And as we see in Deuteronomy 32, let's take a look at God and his work and what he's doing. And it is a strange work. It is a strange act. As we see in Deuteronomy 32, he says, God says, they have moved me to jealousy. Now, God, whose name is Jealous, is jealous over his people. He died, shed his righteous, holy, uncorruptible blood for us to be saved and give us of his spirit that we would overcome, overcome the world, the devil, and our own flesh to be sanctified holy and be presented blameless at his coming, both spirit, soul, and body. 
called to be saints, sanctified. But very few know that. They think, well, I've got this done, and I'm saved. I'm a newborn babe in Christ. I don't have to grow up to little children or young men or fathers. I don't have to grow up into Jesus in all things. And that's where the problem is because we're stagnated ourselves. We're in a state of being totally at ease in Zion. Won't be the demons that are at ease in Zion. And God says that he has to do his work. He gets our attention. They provoke me to jealousy, God said, with that which is not God. So the whole reason that these judgments come is because that we're not serving the true God. He has given us 66 books in the word of God. And each one of these, from the volume of the book is written to me, I come to do thy will, O God, for a body thou hast prepared me. Jesus. God prepared himself a body. Jesus. That is God alone. Jesus Christ, the only true God in eternal life. There's not another. But we have hewed out these cisterns, Trinitarian doctrine, Binitarianism, Tunis, Oneness, that the man's not God, but he's at the right hand of God, but God is the spirit, but not the man. And because of these, the judgment of God resteth upon the earth. Oh, earth, 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 hear you the word of the Lord. And it's because we have provoked him to jealousy by things which are not God. And those are the things of faith. Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And these things is what are given to us now in the revelation of Jesus Christ, which is that faith that was once delivered to the saints. You see that in Revelation 1, verse 1. It's a revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show unto his servants things, all truth, not partial truth. And when that which is perfect is come, all that which is in part will be done away with. Then we will know even as we're known. Coming to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ and to a perfect man, a church without spot, without blemish, in the full image of Jesus Christ. Those that he did foreknow, them he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And those that he predestinated, them he called. Them that he called, he justified. Then he just justified. Then he also glorified to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Not something less. Growing up into Jesus in all things, all truth, unto perfection. And many believe that that's impossible. Yet God stated as a commandment, be ye therefore perfect. He gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. Yet we say it's impossible. And that's where we are wrong. God is right. He's righteous. Because we have provoked him to jealousy. Here's what he says, Deuteronomy 32 and verse 21. They have provoked me to anger with their vanities, vanity and vexation of spirit. And I will move them to jealousy with those which are not a people. I will provoke them to anger with a foolish nation. For a fire is kindled in mine anger and will burn into the lowest hell and shall consume the earth. Not part of the earth. Consume the earth. Well, that's the work of God. A strange work. Bringing to pass his act. His strange act. That's a consuming fire. The consumption decreed is not to destroy all mankind, but will overflow in righteousness that are all that are left in the land shall know me, God said. From the least to the greatest, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. And the work of God is this strange work. And it is what he's promised he would do in Hebrews 12. But many is going, well, why isn't he coming? Why hadn't the Lord already came? I mean, surely in World War II, many of the saints of God thought that surely the Lord will come and rapture his people out. Well, there's no pre-tribulation rapture. Six million Jews died. 
Hitler there tried to affect the vision, tried to literally make it happen. And there would be many that will try to literally affect this vision in Daniel 11 and will fail. But there will be a man of sin, the son of perdition, an incarnate Satan that will come and by peace shall destroy many. The world will wonder after him who's ever to make war with this beast because it'll be in such a situation, such a time of travail, such a time of trouble that they will follow anything that offers peace. But the people that do know their God will not be deceived. They will be sealed by the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. Now there until they receive the promised possession. Well, he said in Hebrews 12, he will not shake the earth only as he did in the days of Moses whenever he took the children of Israel and delivered them from Egypt, a great exodus. But he said, yet once more, I shake not the earth only. I'm not going to do that again. It's going to be something far, far greater. I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. If the Lord promised it, he will do it. The Lord hath promised yet once more. I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. That all that can be shaken may be removed as of things that are made. What does that mean? It means that everything is man-made doctrine, man-made governments, man-made things of the world and the lust of the eyes, the pride of life and the lust of the flesh and all that thy soul lusted after, he will destroy. He will literally shaking all those things that can be removed as of things that are made, man-made, so that the things, that's the things of faith that cannot be shaken, your faith that cannot be moved, as a tree planted by the water, is that those things that cannot be shaken may remain. We will be the ones that remain, the remnant of our seed that keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. Those are the ones that will enter in as kings and priests and reign with the Lord our God for 1,000 years in the earth. Those that are not and they're shaken will be bundled and cast into the fire. The ones that remain are the remnant of her seed, the true people of God. They keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. They have the sealing of God in their foreheads, the mind of Christ. He said he would do it. It is this consumption. It is this consuming fire seeing then that we have a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire, the consumption decreed that he speaks about in that strange work, that strange act, judgment to the line, righteousness to the plummet, the consumption, the consuming fire decreed upon the whole earth. It will be upon the head of the righteous as well as the wicked. The good news is the righteous will stand. The wicked will be ashes and under the righteous feet. Oh, son, a friend of mine, knowing the terror of the Lord, Paul said, we pray every man everywhere to repent and do your first works over. We've left our first love and the judgments of God are manifest in the earth. God said he would do it. He said he would consume the earth with her increase and set on fire the foundation of the mountains, the kingdoms. I will heap mischiefs, mischiefs upon them. Mischiefs, yes. These are plagues, pestilences. We've had HIV, Ebola, COVID-19, various, various uh, variants of that. Delta, uh, uh, the variant of it. 
and more coming. Said, I'll heap mischiefs upon them. I will spend mine arrows upon them. Somebody said, that's not God. Yes, it is. It is to, not to destroy us, but to get our attention to move back and come and let's return to the Lord. The true God and eternal life. Not of this doctrine for man teaching them for the commandments of God. We have denied the only Lord God who is one and made some kind of oneness, binary two-ness, or a trinity doctrine. Who has an ear to hear? Let him hear. There they shall be burnt with hunger. I cannot tell you. We've been to Africa many times from 2012 on. Over 10 times in mission trips. We cannot tell you the hunger that we've seen. We have ministers there in India. Fine men of God. And in the villages, there, there is hunger. I just received a, a videos from the flooding that's happening right now in the villages in India. The same that we're seeing there in Louisiana, right here in the United States. Fires upon the West Coast, completely out of hand. Even uh, as we speak, various things that we wonder God, we're praying, what is happening? Why are leaders, why are we coming in such a distress? Well, the reason is we need to seek our Lord, the God Almighty, who is one, not a trinity. (laughs) We missed the mark, that's why. And he goes on and says, I will bring bitter destruction. I will also send the teeth of beast upon them and the poison of serpents of the dust. This is Deuteronomy 32. This is the song of Moses. The song of Moses started when they passed over the Red Sea, the Red Sea, and Miriam, and they sang the song of Moses. That was the beginning of the wilderness journey. We're pilgrims and strangers in this world. We're looking for that city whose builder and maker is God. Here we have no continuing city. But then we go through this wilderness of this world. Then at the end, there is the song of Moses again as bookends for the beginning of our life in God to our consummation, our final redemption. That is the redemption of our bodies when we are changed, our vile body, like into his glorious body, whereby he's able to do all things unto himself. And this right here in the song of Moses, is the work of God that has been in action and been in progressive and a progressive going on events from the day of Pentecost in the former reign until now in the latter reign and the seasons have changed from Pentecost to Tabernacle to the former wheat harvest and barley harvest of corn, the corn harvest of wheat and barley and to the fruit harvest of oil and wine. And that's the reason why you see the black horse rider in Revelation 6 with a pair of balances in his hand, a measure of wheat for a penny, three measures of barley for a penny, but see that you do not hurt the oil and the wine. Why? Because the oil and the wine is the fruit harvest. That's a tabernacle harvest. But the ones that are not there yet, it's a little sister. She hasn't come under perfection yet. She's not full grown. If she be a door, we'll enclose her with cedar. That's the cedar work that God will do in the last days. Zephaniah 2, he will uncover the cedar work. If she be a door, that little sister, she's not full grown. We will enclose her, the door, with cedar, the cedar work. If she be a wall, we will build upon her a palace of silver, a full grown unto the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ. Coming unto perfection. Because that's all that's going in. And we need to realize that the church is going to be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air, a glorious church without spot, without blemish. 
And it says, for the sword without, tear it within. Wars and rumors of wars. Shall destroy both the young man and the virgin. The suckling also with the man of gray hairs, old and young alike. We're seeing them now. I said, God said, I would scatter them into the corners. I would make the remembrance of them to cease from among men. Were it not that I feared the wrath of the enemy, lest their adversaries should behave themselves strangely, and lest they should say, Our hand is high, and the Lord hath not done all this. Well, that's what many are saying now. Well, they say, Well, Brother Beard, that was natural Israel, and because of their unbelief, we, the wild olive branches, have been grafted in into the vine, and we stand by faith. Well, that's true. But lest we fear, we will also be cut off, for we stand by faith. And the faith is progressive from faith to faith, from glory to glory. And we are lagging behind in the present truth of the word. That's the problem. And God is just in all that he does. The devil is not sovereign. The devil is not doing all this. God has his way in the wind and in the whirlwind. You sow to the wind, you reap the whirlwind. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Your own ways have procured these things unto you. And we're reaping it now as a nation. And the nations of this earth, the nation that forgets God, God said, I'll turn it into hell. Righteousness exalts a nation. Sin is a reproach to the people. And this is what is happening now. Who has an ear to hear? Oh, that they were wise, that they would consider or know their latter end. God says, for they are a nation void of counsel. Neither is there any understanding in them. They don't understand the work. It's a strange work. Bringing to pass this act is a strange act. Now, my people, the stork knows her time, and the crane and swallow observes the time of their coming. But my people know not the judgment of the Lord. And this is where we're at. He goes on and says, Oh, that they were wise, that they, could, that they understood this, that they would consider their latter end the last end, the last of the last days, with an exclamation mark. That's Deuteronomy 32, 26 through 29. Go to verse 30. Here comes the, the judgment of God. But where does it begin? Well, everybody knows judgment must first begin at the house of God. And the righteous scarcely be saved. It's on the head of the righteous as well as wicked. The judgments of God. But if that happens to us, the church, where shall the end of the sinner and the ungodly appear? Not to destroy us, but to bring us in to full knowledge of him, our God, our Savior, Jesus Christ, that he is only one, the eternal God Almighty, the Lord Jehovah, the Elohim. He is God himself. And there's not another. He goes on and says, and I'm going to tell you, how should one chase a thousand and two put 10,000 to flight? Somebody said, well, I heard that preached in my church. One to chase a thousand, two to put 10,000 to flight. We think that's the church. No, <laughs> that's the ones being chased. As he goes on and says, why? Except their rock, capital R-O-C-K, the true revelation of Christ, which we have lost, which we don't walk in anymore, that the rock is the foundation of the church of Christ in the doctrine of Christ and being established in it, which we're not. And very, very few have even heard the doctrine of Christ, let alone being established in it. But they will 
the true church of the living God will be established in that doctrine before the second coming of the Lord when he comes a second time without sin and salvation for the salvation of his saints, the second advent. He says, except their rock. How did this happen? Their rock had sold them and the Lord had shut them up. Sold us, why? Because we missed the mark. We're being chased. We have to look, why? God, why? And he says, because your own ways have done this. You've got to come and return unto me, the true God and eternal life. You have to know this doctrine of Christ. You've got to know the truth. You've got to know these things, lest a singular promise slip any of you, any of us, that we should seem to come short of entering into his rest. If Jesus had given them rest, he would not have spoken of it another day. The time is coming, and now he is, when those that hear the voice of the Son of God shall live. And we see that in Revelation, the second and third chapter. And the voice of the Son of God is for the overcomer, overcoming the world, the devil, and the flesh. And the overcomer then goes in from that ceiling to that of fathers, full grown, the apocalyptic ceiling of Revelation 7, of which he's preparing us for now. He goes on and says, For their rock, small, small case, their rock is not our rock, capital R-O-C-K. Their rock is not the true God. That's the problem. There, he said, our enemies themselves are the judges. He said, this is happening to the Christian because they're not serving God. Our own enemies being judges. And it's becoming more and more pronounced, calling evil good and good evil. For their vine, well, Jesus is vine, we're the branches, but their vine is the vine of Sodom and of the fields of Gomorrah. Well, the lax hands, the ways of the world, the sin of Sodom, wherein our Lord was crucified, which is spiritually called Sodom in Egypt. We see here, and of the fields of Gomorrah, and their grapes, which should be the fruit, are grapes of gall. Their clusters are bitter, and it's a bitter grapes that set the teeth on edge. And as the ear trieth the word, as the mouth trieth the meat, but the teeth are set on edge of gall, bitterness. Their wine is the poison of dragons. The wine's supposed to be the joy of the Holy Ghost. But he says what they call wine is Mr. Mark is a wine of dragons. Well, that is great deception, strong delusion. Who sent it? God himself. Because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Oh, my. Serious, serious, serious admonition from the Lord. And says, their wine is the poison of dragons the cruel venom of asp, the most poisonous snake there is? Is this not laid up in store with me and sealed up among my treasures, saith God? Well, in him are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge that is in Christ. This is a work of Christ. This is a work of God. Judgment late to the lion, righteous to the plummet. It is God's judgments. And when God's judgments are in the earth, men will learn righteousness, the truth, not from some denominational creed and various uh, chisms and catechisms and uh, this is our uh, doctrines of dogmas and this is, way, this is our uh, pamphlet and this is what our uh, bylaws are of our church. No, the Lord Jesus Christ and him alone. He says, this is sealed up among my treasures. That's being revealed to the saints of the living God. 
to those that have a pure heart and diligently seeking him. He said, to me belongeth vengeance and recompense. Their foot shall slide in due time. He's going to show the true Jesus. For the day of their calamity is at hand, and the things that shall come upon them make haste. Why? For the Lord shall judge his people. Peter said it so. The Lord will judge his people. Judgment must first begin at the house of God. The righteous scarcely be saved. Here, what's this sealed up among God's treasures? What is that treasures that's going to be revealed in these last days? What's sealed up among his treasures? What is this in store for the body of Christ? He said, judgment verse, first begin at the house of God, righteous scarcely be saved. The Song of Moses says exactly the same thing. For the Lord shall judge his people, not the wicked. He begins at God's house, God's people. And he will repent himself for his servants, the servants of God, yielding their members of servants, servants under righteousness, obedience under righteousness. Those are the ones sealed. He's going to repent or change for his servants. That's going to be ahead of the righteous as well as the wicked. But for the servants of God, the Lord will repent himself. He will change for his servants when he sees that their power's gone. You, we have to enter into his rest, not our own. We have to cease from our own labors. We think this is God. We think that is. And we do a physical labor for that. But then we will rest not in our own labors or our own works, but in God himself. A rest to the people of God. Ceasing from our own labors. Totally in the Lord Jesus Christ. As it says in the book of the Revelation, write, blessed be those that die in the Lord. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. The works that he looks under righteousness, obedience under righteousness. And every of one of the seven churches in Revelation, the second and third chapter, in Ephesus, Smyrna, uh, Pergamos, Thyatira, uh, Sardis, Philadelphia, Laodicea, every one of them. Jesus said, I know thy works. Sardis Church in Revelation 3, and I have not found them perfect. He's looking for perfect works. What is that? To the measure of the stature, the fullness of Christ, see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven, which reveals Jesus to the world. This gospel of the kingdom, being preached in all the world for a witness in all nations, and then the end will come. So it's through the work of God here in judgment that will compel us to follow the true Jesus and proclaim the everlasting gospel. For he said, he will repent of this judgment upon his people when he sees their powers gone, not Holy Ghost power, their power, their own, what they think their own work for God is. And there's none shut up or left. In other words, there's nothing that's aloof. It's all in God, by the Lord, and in the Lord alone. Working out our own salvation with fear and trembling, for it's God that worketh in us, not us. Worketh in us both to will and to do. This will bring about God's will in the earth. Through judgment, this is laid up and seal them among God's treasures. It will be revealed in the last days. Then he will say, God will say, where are their gods? Where are these false doctrines that you have preached for so many years? Their rock in whom they trusted, this false Christ, where are they now? They, you sacrifice of these. 
you sacrificed in the church, gave offerings and tithes in your labor. He said, which did, did eat the fat of their sacrifices. These strange gods drank the wine of their drink offerings. Let them rise up and help you and be your protection. Well, what is God saying? Deuteronomy 32, Deuteronomy 32, 39, the Song of Moses. See now, see what? The revelation of Jesus. See now that I, even I am he. There's only one God. Jesus Christ, the man, is that God. No second person of the Godhead. See now that I am he, and there is no God with me. There's no other God around there. There is no second person of the Godhead. We'll see it in that day. We have followed cunningly devised fables from ecumenical councils in 325 A.D., the Council of Nicaea, to the Chalcedonian definition in 451 A.D. of the God-man, and it's in error. But when God does this work, it'll set us on the true right path and the way, truth, and life of Jesus Christ in a highway of holiness which no fool can err therein. He said, God says, I want you to know that there is no other God with me. I am he. I am that God. I kill, I make alive. Oh, I thought that. No, it's God. I kill, I make alive. I wound, I heal. It's God. All of these judgments are God. Neither is there any that can deliver out of my hand. For I lift up my hand, not hands, hand to heaven and say, I live forever. Hallelujah. Bless his holy name, Jesus. If I whet my glittering sword, this is what he's doing now, the sword of judgment, and my hand take hold on judgment. I will render vengeance unto mine enemies and will reward them that hate me. Oh, my. We're going to see it. It's accelerating to that day, the day of the Lord. What is all this? It says, Rejoice, O nations, with his people. For he will avenge the blood of his servants and will render vengeance to his adversaries and will be merciful unto his land and to his people. Not only national Israel, but spiritual Israel as well. And Moses came and spake all the words of this song. This is the song of Moses. This is what he's doing now. He is saying, come and let us return to the Lord. He's making a difference between the righteous and the wicked. There's a sifting going on among the nations sipping the chaff from the wheat, the righteous from the the profane, the holy from the profane, the righteous from the wicked. Those that serve God versus those that do not serve God. There's a sifting going on among the nations. Not the least grain will fall to the ground. But I will destroy all the sinners of my people by the sword. There's the sword. The word of God, which say, No evil shall prevent nor overtake us. Mr. Babylon, that false church, says, I said a queen. I am no widow. I see no sorrow. I see no birth pangs. But these are birth pangs that's going to travail until we bring forth the fullness of that measure of the statue of Jesus unto a perfect man, the man shall come to God and to his throne. God's doing it now. So don't, don't mock at these things. We go to prayer, seeking God in all these things, seeking his face. For God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earth and vessels, that the excellency of the power might be of God, not of ourselves. For the Lord is that spirit. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. We all with open face, those that have a pure heart, at diligence seeking God, we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory until the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. 
even as by the Spirit of the Lord. God's doing it now, neighbor. So don't be, don't be in in amazement or fearful of these things. For the Lord our God is working in this earth according to his will and his sovereignty. He kills, he makes alive, he wounds, he heals. I cause it to rain on one city and not on another. Now, the rains have been torrential rains. Flooding there in India, flooding in America. Louisiana, fires on the West Coast. All these things. Why? Well, take a look and see. God is wanting us to turn to him. It's all from him. He says so. I kill, I make alive, I wound, I heal. Shall the, I cause it to rain on one city, not on another. Shall there be evil in the city, and I, the Lord God, have not done it. Not to destroy us. That's what the devil does. He tries to destroy us. Kill, steal, steal, and uh, kill, steal, and destroy. But not God. God does this. The rod, the staff, is to get our attention, to chasten us, lest we be condemned by the world. He's doing it now. Many will turn to him in truth. The real Jesus. And we have written seven books, four of which on the Godhead. And many, especially in Africa and India, as well as Pakistan, there's been many that in, in a uh, sweep of truth going through those nations in one God. It's amazing how many thousands of ministers have came into that truth. Not of any of our righteousness or our holiness, because no man cometh to Jesus except the Father draw him. It's all in the Lord Jesus Christ and him alone, the work of the Holy Ghost. And he's doing it now. America needs to hear. Because we're heading for troublous times. And it will become more and more prevalent. It will accelerate. Evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse. That's the word of God. But when evil comes in like a flood, God raises up a standard against him. And we, the body of Christ, will come to the measure of the statute of the fullness of Christ, not to destroy us, but to get us ready for the greatest move of God that this world has ever seen on this side of glory. And then the Lord will come. If the Holy Ghost is bearing witness with your spirit that this is the truth, we'd love to meet you, to be in one with you in the unity of the faith and one mind, one accord. We have many of you that have contacted us. We have a fellowship. We don't have a denomination. Denomination kind of rules in the local churches. When that is you, the elders, the pastors, the bishops are the ones that rule in that church, not not from another uh, denominational headquarters. And that's the reason we have a fellowship. We're just fellowship of one mind and one accord. And that fellowship of believers is the Jesus Christ International Church. And if this has been a truth that you have and it's moved you, maybe the Holy Ghost has pricked your heart. Maybe you agree the Spirit beareth witness with your spirit that it is the truth. Then give us a call. Or write to me, Dennis Beard, Post Office Box 2906. Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. I'll look for your letter. Or you can drop us a line, a message, or if you have questions, please write. You can visit us on our websites, send a messages to us on our websites, sealinggodspeople.org, sealinggodspeople.com, or dennisbeard.org and many of you are help holding us up in prayerful support and your financial gifts and we thank you for those offerings because it's only through your, your uh, generous donations that we're able to keep these podcasts coming God's will we know we had the visitation for the Lord on the 19th of January 2019 saying seal my people by my word as I'm sending the angel from the east, having the seal of the living God, so send I you. And we know the seal is necessary and essential 
because of the things coming upon the earth and uh, the unrighteous deeds that will be in these evil men and seducers waxing worse and worse. But God will and will be a sanctuary to those that are his. So we thank you those that are, are lifting us up in prayer, your generous donations. We pray over everyone for a 30, 60, 100 fold blessing. I know God will bless you in this ministry of giving and receiving that this grace may abound to you that you'll be able for every good work. Well, until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.